We are on page Reish Vav. We're in entry Mem Gimel. We're continuing our story of Basia finding baby Moshe in the water. She's already reached out her super long hand, which we learned yesterday was 60 Amis long. She reaches out her hand and she rescues the baby. She opens the basket and she sees inside that there is a baby. Why does it say Vatirehu? Vatirehu is a funky plural with a weird suffix. You just say Vatirehu. She saw the baby. So she must have seen something special. He says, This is because she saw the Shechina. She didn't just see the baby, she saw the Shechina. The Marsha drives this home a little bit and says, Look at the extra two letters we're dealing with. Vatera is the word it should have been. So, what are the extra two letters we have? Heivav, part of the word, Yodkevav. Because the Marsha says, Why does it add on that she didn't just see the Yelich? She also saw Heivav. It's because she saw Shtikel Shechina. There's an Ian Yaakov who has a fascinating question on this. Ian Yaakov says, uh, the Shechina is not allowed to dwell in a place where people are sad, right? Shechina can only be in a mitaych simcha, in a place of joy. The baby's crying. The baby's crying. What was the Shechina doing there? It's just such a great question, right? Baby's crying. Shechina can't be in the room. He answers, God is with us even when we're suffering. That was the part of the Shechina that was there. The normal Shechina that shows up in a time of joy was not there. But the aspect of God that goes into exile with us, that's I'm with them in their time of suffering. That was in the Teva with Meshav. Just a very nice, even for babies, says, look, it's an Ian Yaakov. I didn't make it up. The baby Baby is crying. Now it doesn't say baby's crying. It says the young man is crying. Sometimes the pasuk calls him a baby. Sometimes the pasuk calls him a nar, a teenager. Tana who The answer is he was a baby. Don't worry, he wasn't a teenager in the basket. But kela kinar, he sounded like a teenager. He had a teenager's voice. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Nehemiah says back to him. If that's the case, you've made Meishu Rabbeinu a Mum. You've given him a problem, a problem that would make him, according to Rashi, not allowed to sing with the songs of the Levium. The Levium, they had to have good voices or they weren't allowed to sing. If he had a messed up voice, he would have been puzzled from Shiras Levium. He wouldn't have been allowed to sing with the Levium. So uh, Rabbi Nehemiah is not at all happy with this idea that he was a baby who sounded like a young man. That would be a mum. This teaches us that his mother made him a chuppah for young men in the teva. Amra, she said, maybe I won't marry to ever see his chuppah. So she put a little chuppah in the teva. So she set up a little wedding canopy because she wasn't sure she would ever see him again. There's a I don't, big enough to hold a baby on a wedding canopy. I don't know. <laughs> and, and, and a small band in like hors d'oeuvres, but nothing else. Okay. Um, there is a, uh, there's a re'aim. The re'aim is one of the Bali Tesfis. This is a Rishan who says this. Says that a deep voice, why would it, according to the first opinion, that's Rabbi Yehuda, why would there have been any mile in this? So Rabbi Nehemiah says that he didn't have a deep voice. He had a chuppah in his, in his, in his basket. According to Rabbi Yehuda, though, Abishter wanted to give him a special gift. There was a nace made here, a miracle. The miracle was, we have a baby who talks like a grown-up. Why is that a nace? I mean, of all the things to give a child, you know, everybody, you ever been around one of those Shabbos tables where people are talking Dvarim Batalim and the thing they bring up is, uh, what would be your favorite superpower? Nobody picks deep voice. That's never the superpower people choose. Why would they make a, why would they make, according to Rabbi Huda, why, it's just a great question. According to Rabbi Huda, why would Mesha want a deep voice? The aim says that future leaders uh, and people who have gvuras halev and takifus, people who are powerful, people who have powerful hearts, they usually have very deep voices. Was giving him the signs of leadership. I will say that a couple years back, something like five or six years ago, I worked on a story about this where someone did a study of all leaders in the world and their voices and put the amplitude of their voices, put the uh, sound waves of their voices into a study and found that you could predict leadership values, whether people were willing to vote for you in democratic systems, whether people would vote for a leader based on the deepness of their voice, that the deeper their voice, the more likely they were to win elections. Uh, this was just so, I, this actually has borne out in some studies uh, that aims not out of his mind at all, not that he needed the scientific studies. He says here, this was an ace that Meshav Rabbeinu was given a particularly powerful voice. As we know, he wasn't given a particularly powerful Kayach Adibur. He stuttered a lot. But he had this very deep, rich voice that uh, commanded, commanded power. And that was something he had even as a baby. Huh? It was later. At this point, he didn't have it yet. That would be later by, yes. 
Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but uh, anyway, Abishra, one of the gifts Abishra gave him was a, sort, a certain leadership qualities. And one of those leadership qualities was he had a deep, resonating voice that made you want to listen to him. Okay, well, continue. Much more, I guess. I don't know. But Tachmalav, maybe he had it too. But Tachmalav, she had mercy on him and she says, I think this is one of the Jewish babies. Maniyada, how'd she know this was a Jewish baby? Could have been any baby in the water. You might remember that we heard earlier that that day they threw everybody in the water. They threw the Mitzrayim and they threw the, the Yidden because the astrologers of Parai said, We see a sign and we're not sure if he's Jewish or Mitzri. Remember, we said a commentary on that, but the reason why the astrologers didn't know is because he was a Jew who would be raised by a Mitzri, so he was kind of both in the stars. This was confusing. They didn't know. So uh, given that they didn't know, this could have been a Mitzri baby. How'd she know it was a Jewish baby? What's the answer? I'm going to be She saw that he had a bris mila. The Ben Yayada has a question about this. You might remember that when Yosef, when, Yosef, when he came down to Mitzrayim, he instituted a couple things to make sure the Yidden wouldn't feel uncomfortable in Mitzrayim. He instituted a day of rest on Shabbos so that the Yidden wouldn't have to work on Shabbos. He instituted a rule that priests, even of the Geisha classes, wouldn't have to work at all because he foresaw that that would get the Levium out of labor. And another thing he instituted was that everybody should get a bris milah. This was one of his rules. He said nobody's allowed to get any food from the granaries unless they get a bris milah. They came to Pare saying this is ridiculous. And Pare goes, I don't know, he has, the, he has the grain. I guess it's not so ridiculous. And he made everybody get bris milah. The Mitzrayim all had bris milah. So ask the Ben Yayada, how, was she, how did she know this was a Jew by looking at his bris? Everybody had a bris. All the Mitzrayim had a bris too. Huh? That's the answer of the Ben Yayada. Brilliant. Mechavin of the Ben Yayada, he says that the Mitzrayim would get bris milah when they were older, that, they, that he instituted the tradition of bris, but they would get it, I don't know, at some later age. Small babies, they were only Jews who had a bris at a very small, at a very young age. Zeh, she said, I'm not going to read that right. Yeah, I don't know why they did it. Also, could be that maybe they were one of these. Uh, maybe they were one of these modern Americans who says the child needs to make a choice. You know, you got to give him consent. I don't another know. Another thing is that at that point when they were throwing them in, they didn't have time to make the breast baby. I guess and right, right. If you're throwing babies into the water, you would think uh, okay. Spear them with pain. <laughs> I don't know. Should I say something? Okay, Vizeh. So she said, "This is one of the mialdei ha'ivrim zeh. This is among what this one zeh is among one of the Jewish babies." We learned from here that she did a nevua. She said a prophecy, and she didn't even know she was saying a prophecy. She said the word zeh. This one zeh. She didn't say this is one of the many Jewish babies in the water. She said this is one Jewish baby in the water, just this one, signifying that he was the last one who would be thrown into the river because at that point, as we're about to see in the Medrash over here, the astrologers said, stop, we see he's in the water. Don't worry about them. Don't, don't kill any more babies. We got him. What does it mean in the Pasuk when it says? We have time. Let's keep going. What's it mean in the Pasuk when it says? When it says in the Pasuk, they will say about them, go seek out the Eivis, go seek out the Yedinim. I love these Avedazaras. You saw Rashi this week? They're the ones who like talk, they, 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 they make dead people yeah, yeah, talk yeah, yeah. out of their armpits. They're hilarious. Look them up. One guy puts it in his mouth. It's a whole thing. They twitter and they mumble. You know what these guys are like. They tw- the Nach is hilarious and if you don't read it that way then you're missing out. Nach is funny. It knocks down idolaters at every opportunity. Look at this line. What are idol- These are holy people, right? I mean, according to the Goyim, they're very holy people. You know, imagine. Picture, picture, then don't picture. The, uh, the, holy, uh, the holy clerics of the Goyisha religions it says, Mitzatsu Mahagin. They're twittering and they're muttering. That's what they're doing. They're twittering and muttering. They twitter, they have no idea what they're twittering. They see, they don't know what they see. They mumble, they don't even know what they're mumbling. They're sitting around and they're nothing. They're a bunch of morons. They saw that the savior of the Jewish people was going to be struck down by water. Amdivgazar said, okay, we know what to do. We're going to make a Any baby that's born, any young boy that's born, throw him in the yard, throw him in the water. Came to Shadio once Meshach gets thrown into the water, Amru, they said, we don't see the simon anymore, we don't see this sign in the sky anymore, he's in the water, but 
Shamayu, so they got rid of the Gezeira. What did they not know? They missed out on the main point. Shamay Mariva, who liked it, that he was going to get struck down by different water, not that water. He was going to be struck down in the future by the water. If you would ask Meshav what his downfall was, in his own words, he probably would say that his worst moment that ended his career, more or less, that made him get stuck in the midbar, was the fact that he hit the rock instead of talking to it and water came out. So Mesha, from at least his own perspective, his downfall was water. They were right about that, but they had the wrong water. That's why it says in the Pasuk, these are the very same waters of strife that the Bnei Yisrael stri- strifed over. These are the very same waters of strife. These very ones, these Meimuriva, are the ones that the astrologers of Paris saw, Vito, and they were mistaken about it. This is what Mesha means when he says, This is what Mesha means when he says that there are 600,000 legs of the nation who are within my midst. Mesha said to the Jewish people, Because of me, you were all saved. I want to talk a little commentary, and then we'll call it a day. We do have a little bit of time for some of the Rebbe's Torah. Huh? Don't worry, we're going to do some stuff. I want to point out something about the astrologers. You'll find this in Teres Menachem. It is of the year, Memhei, volume 5, page 2845. There's a lot of pages you've got to turn. He said that even the Gayim understood from Meshach Rabbeinu's birth that he was going to be Meshach Shal Yisrael. This was his identity. Meshach Rabbeinu did not put on the Nesias as a job. His job was not to be a rabbi, and then he went home at night, or he clocked in and clocked out. This was his Nesias, his very being. And you can tell this is his very being. The Raya that the Rebbe brings, that this was all Meshach was. The Meshach was nothing but a Raya Yisrael. A lot of people... I, I, I hate to fabreng, but I love to fabreng. A lot of people want to say about our Rebbe and about other Rebbeim that in addition to the fact that they are Rebbeim, they also are people. That's not the way the Rebbe talks about Rebbeim. I don't know where they get it from. The uh, Rebbe says that what a Rebbe Yisrael is is that's his entire Matthias from the time he's born till the time he dies, and he doesn't have any other personality or existence besides his role. Look at Meshur Rebbeinu. Meshur Rebbeinu didn't become the active Rebbe of the Jewish people for many, many years later. Yet the Rebbe says in a Secha here that even the astrologers of Parah, even Goyim, could see from the moment he was born that his entire Matthias would be nothing but Mashiach Shal Yisrael. He wasn't a person. He was Mashiach Shal Yisrael. His own identity, the identity is completely, completely subsumed by the role in the case of Anasi. So his raya, the Rebbe's raya, that a, that a Rebbe is not a private person at all, from the moment they're born to the moment they're nostalgic, is the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu was predicted even by the Yitzchak party. Even the Goyim knew that he was supposed to be a raya forever. Furthermore, the Rebbe says, this is why he got stuck in the Midbar. It says in, the, it's, it says in many places, not just in Chassidus. The Moshe Rabbeinu stayed in the Midbar because he had to stay with the Dara Midbar. That was his generation. The Rebbe says, why, why couldn't he pick a new generation? Move on. And he had the Dara Midbar. They died. Move on to the Dara that enters Eretz Yisrael. The answer is, he was so tied with that generation, so tied with that Dara, that he couldn't even leave the Midbar. He had to die in the Midbar. He had to, have a, he had to stay in the Midbar, not enter Eretz Yisrael, because his Metzias, from the moment he was born, was to be the Raya of that specific Dara, not any other Dara. That was all he was, that Dara and nothing else. Okay. I want to mention a tesis to you. I want to mention a tesis to you. We're running out of time. Let's talk after. Uh, I want to mention a tesis to you because it's, it's one of the funniest tesises in the entire Masech HaSaita. Uh, Mesha says down here that because of me, you were all saved, right? Because when Mesha Rabbeinu was thrown into the water, they stopped throwing babies into the water, right? Because Mesha Rabbeinu gets thrown into the water. The astrologers say, oh, he's, he's gone. We got him. And they didn't throw any more babies in. Ask tesis. You want to ask the question, Levi? It's a good one. You have the idea? What's the question? Anybody know? He caused the problem. Why were they thrown in in the first place? That's Tesis' question. Is, okay, you, saved, you, you stopped the babies from being thrown in when you were thrown in. Why were they throwing us in? Because they were trying to find you. You saved us. You also were the problem. You know? You're the same problem. You're trying to fix us with this Tesis' question. Tesis answers that, uh, that, this was, that this was two separate decrees. He says, in Tesis, that there was a decree that we, they were worried about a rebellion, that they had to kill all the Jewish, uh, the Jewish babies, all the boys, because they were worried that they were going to rebel. That had nothing to do with Meshach Rabbeinu. They were killing babies from the beginning because of that. They had a new 
decree to throw babies into the water because of Mesha, and says Tesis, Mesha was the first and last one thrown in. There was exactly one baby thrown in in that decree, and it was Mesha. So he did technically save all the future babies from being thrown in by going in first. The Masha has a huge problem with this. He says we have many, many places that tell us that many babies were thrown into the water, and he answers what he answers. There is a Ben Yayada that does this a little bit differently. The Ben Yayada, I'll tell you later. The Ben Yayada says that Mesha even undid the first Gezerah. The way the Ben Yayada says it is that there were two Gezerahs happening simultaneously. There was a rule, it was a standing rule in Mitzrayim that if a Jewish boy was born, you had to kill him because they might rebel. And then also there was a new decree that came out that the Mashiach and Shal Yisrael is going to be born, so we have to throw all the babies in the water because the Savior, huh? What? Up until then, it looked like you could just kill the babies, but starting at that decree, they saw that the savior of the Jewish people would only be destroyed by water, not by normal killing. So that, okay, so for today, we're going to kill the babies in the water, not in the normal way. But both decrees were happening simultaneously. According to the Ben Yehuda, once they killed Mesha, or thought they killed Mesha, they said, okay, the savior is gone. Who are they going to rebel with? You can't rebel without a leader. The leader's gone. So they stopped the first decree also. So the first decree was turned off because of Mesha. So he did save everybody. That's, uh, that's the Ben Yayad's opinion. I can't leave this particular section without mentioning Sheish Mes Elif Ragli. So we're going to end on that note. This is a very famous mimer from the Rebbe. At the Tetzave, the Rebbe talks about this pasuk at length. He talks about it in a lot of places. Uh, the Jewish people are called the feet of Mesha Rabbeinu. We're called Mesha Rabbeinu's feet. And that means we have a two-way relationship with a Rebbe. First of all, a Rebbe is a head and we're the feet, which means that we can't do anything with the head telling us what to do. So try walking without your head. It's not going to do anything. We have no motion, no metzias, no ability to figure out what we should do with our lives and what direction to go without the head. At the same time, try moving if you're a head with no feet. We're also the thing that keeps the Rebbe moving. So whereas the Rebbe gives us our life, we give the Rebbe his life. Um, works both ways. We keep our Rebbe alive and our Rebbe keeps us alive just like a head and a feet work together to move forward. Thank you very much. Wow.